as soon as saying, hi, I'm Donna Reesh. Welcome to Think, Feel, Eat number 35. Now, those of you who are subscribed to DonnaReach.com, and those of you who are in the Drop Eight Pounds by Christmas Challenge, if you're not there yet, join us. You may have gotten an email today that said that tonight was going to be about stress. And we are going to learn about stress very, very soon, but look at this. Yeah, this is all my pages of research and notes. Yeah, there must be 40 pages here. Maybe, yeah, I'll bet there are 40 pages here of research on stress. So it, it got big, it stressed me out. <laughs> it really, really stressed me out. So I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do that next week in episodes 36 and 37. So that'll be a two part, all right? It is really important for weight loss. And so I do want to be sure that um, I cover it, but I'm just, I just, as I was outlining, I got like six pages of handwritten notes plus so many pages that I printed off. And it was just like, I'm not really ready, you know? <laughs> I'm not really ready to talk about stress and this is stressing me out. So anyway, but that's okay because I had something else that I've been working on. I presented a couple of ways to crave less in the Drop Eight Pounds Challenge group. I believe it was last week. And um, that group started oh, about, what was it? Um, I can't remember. Started on October 1st. Yeah, so it's the 15th. So it's been in swing for two weeks. We're going until Christmas Eve, right? So um, there's still plenty of time. There's still 10 weeks for you to join us. So it's donnareach.com forward slash eight pounds by Christmas with the numeral eight. But if you just go to donnareach.com, you'll see it at the top as one of the choices. And you can sign up there and then you can get in the Facebook group and you can get on the email list because the email people in that in the challenge, they get a weekly digest every Sunday of what we've learned that week. So um, anyway, it's going really great. I'm so excited. People are losing weight. People are making changes or having non-scale victories and scale victories. So it's really great. So I, would, I had already done something with them for a couple of ways to crave. And then I did that sleep one last week for uh, Think, Feel, Eat. And I was like, you know what? I should just put all of that together because there are ways that we can crave less. Now, I think I talked about this earlier. And when I think about cravings, when I think about um, you know, the ability to overcome cravings or to not have cravings, to not desire hyperpalatable foods and things like that, I just feel like it's something that just happens to me and I have no control over it, right? And that's a, I, I think that's a common feeling among people who have had weight problems for their whole life and who um, really seem to desire hyperpalatable foods. But we also have to remember that there are people out there, and I've often wondered where in the world they got this or how in the world they got this way, but there are people out there who say things like, you know, I just, every once in a while I wanted like a bag of potato chips or something, but I don't really ever want sugar. I don't really want any, I don't really crave sugar. That wouldn't be something that I would, I would really crave. Or other people who just say, I just don't really eat junk food very much. I don't really want junk food, so it's no big deal. And you're just like, where did you come from? <laughs> right? And so to me, it's always been something that this just happened to me, right? I didn't have any control over it. And about a year and a half ago, I started in self-coaching scholars and uh, through the life coach school. And I remember the first time uh, our coach there said, how much better would it be if 
you could not have cravings rather than just getting through them. And I remember just thinking to myself, that's not possible. I mean, how can you make yourself not have cravings? But the idea intrigued me because I was like, yes, because we work so hard at trying to reduce cravings, right? We do all these things that we think are going to help us crave less, desire less, overeat less, you know, that are going to cause us to be able to overcome, you know, these urges. And it made me think, wow, wouldn't that be remarkable? Instead of trying to overcome them, even to sit with them, which I'm going to talk about that just a little bit here tonight, but even just sit with them or whatever it might be, wouldn't it be so much better to have, just not, not have them? Wouldn't that be so much better? So um, I listened and learned and found out that there are things that we can do and things that I had no idea that would really make a difference in our cravings. Now, there is a little bit of a catch-22. And when I first learned this, I remember I taught it. I don't even know where I taught it. I think I taught it in Weight Life Lifestyle, um, someplace like really early on, like, I don't know how many, of, um, I'm not sure where I taught it. I was looking at the table of contents, but I'm not sure. But I remember that, I remember teaching it. And when I taught it, I remember feeling like I'm not giving a real solution. You know, I'm action-based, solution-based. You know, I want to give answers to people. I want to find answers and I want to give answers to you. And I remember when I taught it, it was really very circular. And I remember not being comfortable with that. It was circular in that in order to overcome cravings, you have to eat less junk. And then you eat less junk, you have fewer cravings. But in order to not have cravings, you have to eat less junk food, junk food as a general term of maybe less nutritive, more calorie dense, more hyper palatable foods. You have to eat less junk food and then you have fewer cravings. Eat less junk food, then you have fewer cravings. And I remember thinking, if we could just eat less junk food, we wouldn't have to worry about it. I just remember not feeling like I gave a solution. And I'm sorry. Um, I remember giving some good tips because I always have tips, but I just remember not really feeling like there was a solution for me, much less for my listeners. And you know that you're, we've been in this journey, you know, those of you who've been with me for a couple of years, we've been in this journey for a while of really, you know, trying to figure this out. And most of you know that my husband and I have lost 220 pounds together. I lost 50 over a dozen years, and then I lost 50 more in the last couple of years. He has lost 120 one, I think, 120, he doesn't like we say 21 until he's there for a while, so 120 over like three years. Um, so I've learned a lot, and I've tried so many things, right, and, and I've been so excited to learn lately. I've been uh, learning from this craving teacher a lot, uh, getting his materials and learning from his podcast and reading his book, and I just have been so inspired because he says over and over again, you know, the people who eventually reach their goal weight are the people who just try everything. And I'm like, that's me. I even have that song on my playlist. I just want to try everything. You know, I don't know how it goes. I don't know. I think I can't remember what it's from. I feel like it's from, I don't know, 
pets two or something pets one i don't know it's from a it's from a children's movie i remember that and i i just want to try everything i just want to try everything i just i remember it's a it's a some from a, an animated soundtrack pretty sure it's a disney movie anyway of course it would be right so while i didn't feel like i had real 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 solutions even though i had a lot of tips I feel like I have five bona fide, these things really will reduce our cravings. And I think that we really need to examine, do I want to get reduced cravings? Do I want to have fewer of them? Or do I want to learn how to deal with them? And I think we need to do both. But I think we are way ahead of the game and way better off if we learn how, to, if we make ourselves not have them so much. Right, so here we go. Number one is one that we've been talking about a lot in the drop eight pounds challenge. Um, and we have a, um, a journaling sheet that goes with it. And I taught it extensively in Think, Feel, Eat episode 32. And all of these links are in the show notes, okay? So I taught that in, in episode 32 and it is called, it is about deciding ahead of time. And you've heard me teach this before too, that we have our prefrontal cortex and then we have our like more primitive, primitive kind of um, not so thinking kind of part of our brain. And the one is what I like to call our adult brain. And it makes decisions ahead of time and it has our back and it wants our best and it plans for us and it lays things out and it schedules and, Every time you are, you know, starting in a new journal of how you're going to record your thoughts, or you go to the grocery with this good food list and these Pinterest recipes, or you uh, write out your food plan, you know, you're changing everything and you write out your exercise schedule and which exercises you're doing every day. Anytime you're doing those things, you are using your adult brain. And every time, we give in to urges, we don't do what we tell ourselves we're going to do, we do something in the moment, real, usually like something that's not good for us in the moment, not all split second decisions are from the toddler brain, but definitely ones that are not helpful for us are from our toddler brain. And um, without going into the whole, you know, ancient people and all that kind of thing, um, the bottom line is when we write down our food ahead of time, we are using our adult brain and we're planning and we're thinking it through and we're figuring it out and we're using our adult brain to do that. So one of the, one of the first four in the um, new decide ahead of, uh, eight pound, drop eight pounds by Christmas group, one of the four things when we do the first four, episode 32, is to write down the night before or the morning of what we're going to eat. And don't write down too little, write down, don't write down things that are all diety and all perfect, unless that's your plan. If you already have a protocol, that's great. Um, if you have a protocol, write down what's on your protocol. Don't write down something that's not on your protocol. Um, and uh, write down enough food and don't be all unrealistic, but write it down. And at first people, uh, bulk of this because they think um, that this can't do any good unless I do really, really healthy foods. But we are building self-integrity. And what we do when we build self-integrity is that we are showing ourselves 
that we will do what we say we're going to do. So every time we've tried a diet in the past and we didn't stick with it, we were doing the opposite of building self-integrity. We were showing ourselves that we don't do what we say we're going to do for ourselves. We don't do what we tell ourselves we're going to do. But every time we do what we tell ourselves that we will do, we build self-integrity. And that's why it's so important to start out and in all habit formation, you've heard me teach all about habits, right? All about willpower, all about tiny habits, BJ Fogg, Atomic Habits, James Clear, all the people I love to, to teach on and read about and I listen to. And the thing about all of self-integrity is that if we do something really, really, really tiny, but we've told ourselves that we will do it and then we do it, we build self-integrity, we build self-integrity. And every time we make a big, huge, grandiose plan and we don't stick with it, we do the opposite of building self-integrity. We just prove to ourselves that we don't do what we tell ourselves we will do. And that's why it's so important to start out with small things that you're really good at, small things that you will do no matter what. So decide ahead of time, write it down, write your food down the night before or the morning of. I go into my fitness pal, but you can write it in the journal sheet that's here in the, in the notes. Um, you can write it in the journal sheet. You can write it on paper. You can put it in your phone notes. You can put it in my fitness pal. You can put it in um, managing macros, MM. You can put it any place you want. You don't have to write down the calories, the protein, the carbs, the fats, and all those if that's not your protocol. Or if, you know, if that is your protocol, you can do that. But the key is write down food. Just write it down. Write down the amount, write down the time, and write down the food that you will have. All right. So what this does is it causes us to look forward to certain foods. And this is where it comes into play for the craving less. So it, it does build self-integrity. It does all those things I just, uh, I just said. But another thing that it does when it comes to cravings is... We can look ahead and we can say, you know what? I'm going to have you know, sugar-free frozen yogurt tonight at 7.30 or 8 when I'm closing my eating window so I can wait until then. I don't need to grab something at the gas station. I don't need to grab something at the drive-thru. I don't need to make myself a jelly bread, whatever it might be, because I'm going to have that. This is super, super powerful for cravings because you're, for one thing, when you make your decide ahead of time list, it's your adult brain. And every time you don't stay on it, it's your toddler brain. But every time your adult brain wins, you win and you win and you win and you gain confidence and you gain confidence. Well, every time you write down exactly what you're going to really eat, you have that list for the day. So you can kind of just, I, I have a list, this is kind of embarrassing, but I have a list on my phone, foods that sound good right now. I just add something today. Somebody, one of my, one of our students, they bring lunch some days if they stay for a long time, depending on how many classes they come to. And she was like, oh my word, I brought the best chicken and noodles. And I was like, chicken and noodles. So I put it down. I, I went into my phone and I grabbed my phone and I was like, foods that sound good right now, chicken and noodles. So I will make me some chicken and noodles very soon. Right. And so you have that to look forward to and it just lessens your cravings. It just makes you crave less because it's like you're covered. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have food I like. I got it all planned out. It's there. It's amazing. It really, really does help. Number two, substitute foods on your protocol. Now, we haven't done the protocol yet in the Drop 8 Pounds by Christmas group. 
I have taught on protocols. They are um, uh, pick your protocol, part one, two, and three. They are um, let me write that down. Um, uh, think, feel, eat. 16, 17, and 18. Okay, I haven't taught on that in that group specifically yet. So it's okay if you don't have a protocol, but whatever you're trying to eat, whether it's a protocol list of foods or a certain diet that you're following, or just you know trying to eat less junk, more real foods, trying to do 80-20, whatever that might be, um, whatever that is, uh, substitute foods for something that you crave okay so something that you crave is something that's going to spike your dopamine right it's going to be something that has the six seductive cravings right which are sugar flour salt fat starch and um um you know I mean? Uh, meaty kind of soy like flavoring um, but anyway take something that you really really like that's either very high in calories so you don't have it regularly for me that would be like cupcakes like I don't have cupcakes anymore very often because two reasons one they're very calorie dense and not very nutritive and two they make me crave like you know those people you know how you and you'll know this is true because you know how you've said, I just can't even open that or I'm done, right? I just cannot cut off a Rice Krispie treat or I'm just cutting it off all day long, right? Those are your hyper palatable foods. Those are your six seductive craving combinations. And it doesn't need to have all six at once, obviously. Like mine are flour, sugar, fat. That's my combo. So it's pastries, brownies, cookies, pie, cake. You know, it's those things. So I take something that's hyper palatable that spikes my dopamine for more and more and more of it. Like I said, it's usually sugar, flour, and fat for me. And I substitute something else that doesn't have all three elements in it as much and that I know I can just eat one of or two or I can just eat whatever I say I'm going to eat. That's the important point, right? So no on cupcakes, but yes on um, pumpkin muffins, or banana muffins that have very little fat in them and do not have sugar, that have um, monk fruit. Lenko, Lenko, Lenkato, I don't know, Lenko, monk fruit. And so I know that I can substitute something that's not only less fewer calories, because we've had that our whole lives, right? How many of us have grown up and, and dieted through the era of eat this, not this, eat this, not this, those books, they were extremely compelling, right? And they had pictures. So on one side it said, eat this, and then the other side said, not this. And we see it in Weight Watchers. We see it in low carb circles. Like don't eat, you know, like, um, you know, a pecan brownie bar that has sugar and white flour. Instead, eat the keto one, right? So, but I'm not just coming at this for myself and I don't, and I want to teach you not to just come at this for calories or for carbs or for your total intake or for your protocol or for your diet plan, but instead come at it uh, in a way that I'm going to do a craving reducing food in place. 
So I have a whole list again on my phone of these craving reducing foods that I can eat that are like sweet, that are desserts. Cause I have dessert. I have dessert every night. I have dessert every night. It's not always sugar. As a matter of fact, it's, it's at home, it's usually not sugar. Or if it is, it's just something small, not something that like a cake or a pastry or, you know, that kind of thing. Something that's hyper, hyper palatable and so calorie dense, it would use up so many of my calories, plus very non-nutritive. Plus, since I count protein, I have to get so much protein in. So, um, you know, that's, that's another thing in itself. Um, but anything. So like for me, I can have a low sugar, you know, whole grain jelly toast rather than a jelly filled donut. Right. And yes, I'm having 200 calories instead of 600, but I'm also keeping that, those dopamine spikes for that hyper palatable food down. I can stop at two of these, two pieces of toast. I can't stop at one jelly donut. You see what I'm saying? So look for substituting foods that do not spike dopamine like uh, the six seductive craving foods do. All right, number three is to make simpler foods. So with this, um, for me, first of all, I always start with protein. And I do wanna say that protein will really, really help fill you up. It's uh, got a metabolism boost. So it's the, one of the three macros, protein, carbs, and fat. It's one of the three macros that actually doesn't even count, like 15% of it doesn't even count towards calories somehow because it boosts your metabolism by 15%. Um, so it does that. It also spares your muscle while you're losing weight. So too many of us have been on, you know, low fat, low carb, whatever eating protocols in the past, low calorie. And with that, we took down our protein. So low fat, we took down protein because we got sick of chicken breast and cottage cheese. Low carb, we took down our protein because we heard that on keto, you can't eat too much protein or, it's, or it takes you out of ketosis. I'm saying, let's not worry about that as much as let's use protein for all of its main, major, major benefits, filling you up, boosting metabolism, uh, saving your muscles. So when you lose weight, you really lose fat instead of losing muscle because who wants to get down to their right sized body and then realize that you've lost all the muscle that you did have along with the fat. Or in, sometimes people are what, what you've heard people say, skinny fat, where they're thin, but they still have fat because the, when they dieted, they dieted without protein. So they didn't spare their muscles. They didn't save their muscles. Instead, they just lost muscle. That was part of the weight they lost. So Simple foods, making simple foods, just look and just say, you know what? The truth of the matter is that our elaborate foods, and I used to make such elaborate foods. I always cooked from scratch when my kids were growing up and we made so many elaborate things. I think back and I think, oh my word, I spent way too much time in the kitchen. <laughs> but like lasagna, chicken white lasagna and, and just chicken gnocchi soup and elaborate beef stews and um, elaborate meatloaves and twice baked potatoes. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. And I still make them sometimes when we have the kids over. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But what do all of those things have in common? Hyperpalatability because of fat, salt, and that uh, uh, soy flavor kind of thing, fat, salt, and that flavoring, right? So um, hyper palatable, 
So we want more and more and more, just another half a square of lasagna, right? We just can't stop on it. Number two, they are also super calorie dense. You think about all the fats and carbs and proteins that go into that, right? So a lot of fats into the, a lot of those meals, into all those meals they just described actually. <laughs> a lot of fat, a lot of carbs, and a lot of protein makes a lot of calories. So they're super, super, super calorie dense. That's another thing with them. And they keep our cravings high, right? Because of those, those combinations, those seductive combinations. So making simple foods is going to go a long way in this process. We will start to gain a taste for simple foods where it's just like, you know what? I'm just fine having a hamburger patty and a baked potato with butter only. I'm really fine with that, right? And we just keep lowering and lowering the number of seductive cravings that we layer into our foods. And we just keep on enjoying, you know, more simple foods. And then we grow to like those, right? Everything that we've grown to like has been learned. So we can also learn to like new things. I keep trying to tell myself that about vegetables, but we can learn to like simpler foods. We learn to like the elaborate things. We can learn to like the simpler things. Now it's gonna be harder because they don't have all of those things that give us all those great, good, wonderful, amazing dopamine feelings right? And all that warm fuzzies from comfort food and all of that, but it can be done. Uh, it's easier. It's less expensive. It's more routine, right? It's way easier to just fry a couple of eggs and, you know, stick some turkey sausage in the pan than it is to make, you know, an extensive egg casserole with potatoes and cheeses and cream cheeses and, and you know, all of that. It's way easier, so it becomes a more simplified routine for us. And it helps us so that we're not tempting ourselves with those fattening foods that we have to use willpower to overcome, right? That, and I have those, that teaching again is willpower, um, on willpower is weight loss lifestyles and number 60 and 61. All right, so number one, decide ahead of time, even if you write M&Ms and donuts and McDonald's on it, just start there. Number two, substitute foods on your protocol that do not spike dopamine as much. And there'll be fewer calories or fewer carbs or fewer fat grams or whatever it is you're counting, but they will also be um, less seductive, less, car less craving, right? We're trying to reduce those cravings. Number three, make simpler foods. Number four, and this has been remarkable. And this is where I, at the beginning, like the opening, I was talking about how I felt like I wasn't really helping people because I was saying, okay, guys, start eating, you know, fewer, really hyper palatable foods, stretch those out, don't have them as much, and then you'll crave less, have them less, and you'll crave less, have them less, and you'll crave less. But somewhere in there, we had to want them less before we could, first of all, have them less. So guys, implement the first three and then do number four. And that is to stretch out the instances of hyperpalatable, six seductive craving types of food, okay? I talked about uh, this a little bit in the 80-20 teaching that I did. Um, that was Think, Feel, Eat 15. I knew I didn't have that note somewhere. Think, Feel, Eat 15. And that is 80-20. So 
The problem with most people doing 80-20, 80% healthy, nutritious, you know, nutrient dense, um, you know, protein rich, you know, really foods that are going to fuel your body well, 80% of those and 20% of anything you want. The problem is that people do not have a tangible way to measure it. You hear people all the time say, well, I do 80-20. Yeah, I pretty much just do like 20% of, of, you know, junk food or whatever. And then they don't even know what, then you ask them, what, what do you consider part of your 20%? What's your junk food? Is white flour, is white bread, is white pasta, is white rice, is sugar, is white flour, is whole grain flour, is almond flour, you know, is stevia, is new, uh, aspartame, you know, and then it's like, mm, if you don't know what your 80-20 are, and that's why I have that helpful foods list, I'm going to put that in here too, helpful foods list. If you don't know what your 80-20 list is, then you don't do 80-20. You can't know, you can't do something that you have, that you don't know what it is and you don't have a measurement tool, right? And that's one reason why I think the Weight Watchers free food list, which is part of this health foods list, why I think the Weight Watchers food list are so good because they just give you a, a benchmark. This is my list of foods. I'm going to add to it. This is where I'm starting from. Okay, so stretch out, all right? So if you're doing the 20% approach, you know, then that means, you know, for me with the sugar fat, um, sugar fat flour situation, I don't have something with sugar flour and fat like that more than twice a week, if that. Okay, so tomorrow night's dinner club, we'll go out and I will have, you know, whatever I want. I have um, 2000 calories allotted for it. Um, but that's not something normal. That is, I, I'm not going grabbing a donut here and going over there and getting a cupcake there because I learned from, this was from the hungry brain, by the way, guys, you know, my Dr. Stephen Guiana, he's my man, right? Um, you, and I taught about him, him taught from his book a lot, but, the, and he taught this, that when you stretch out the instances for these hyper, hyper palatable things, even if you substitute something that's a little bit less palatable. So vanilla wafers instead of cake and animal crackers instead of cupcakes, um, sh low sugar jelly toast instead of a jelly donut. Even if you use a substitution, but you stretch out those really, really, really hyper palatable foods, you will crave them less and less. So it is a circle, but we're going to fix the first with the first three, and then we're going to be able to go around the circle, right? So we're going to um, reduce the number of times, reduce the, increase the time between them, reduce the number of instances of them. So increase the time between those types of foods, reduce the number of times we have those types of foods, and then we'll want them less, we'll crave less. It really, really, really does work, right? So I have this mantra, the fewer times I eat blank, the fewer times I crave blank. Okay, it's in the show notes for you guys, it's in the outline. The fewer times I eat blank, the fewer times I crave blank. I know it's a fact, I know it's scientific, I know it works on me, I know it's true. The fewer times I eat blank, the fewer times I crave blank. All right, so 
before I go into the last one, which is sleep, which I talked about in episode number 34. Um, but before I go into sleep again, go to sleep again. <laughs> um, before I do that, I want to re remind you that there are, we can learn to sit with urges. So when they do come, right? So it's not like we learn this material here and we get rid of 80% of them, 70% of them, whatever, all those cravings that are, that are stalking us, that we get rid of those. And then the rest of the time we just give into them. Okay. No, 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 my friend. So we're going to learn both skills, right? We're going to learn to reduce them. And then we're going to learn how to sit with them when we do have them. And that is in Think, Feel, Eat number nine, 10 ways to sit with urges. All right. Finally, number five, get plenty of sleep. I taught about sleep extensively. I kept 40 minutes long. I think I could not seem to stop. That's why I'm saving stress for two, the next two weeks because it just got out of hand. It wasn't going to be one. But sleep. We think of sleep as being something that makes us happy, you know, makes us happier or less happy or grouchy or less grouchy or whatever it might be with mood. We think we often say we need more sleep or we're going to get sick. Right? We hear that a lot. We say, I just need more sleep. I can't think. We say, I need more sleep. I can't function. We say, I need more sleep. I can't work out. I can't, you know, do a lot of things. I'm too tired. I'm too sleepy. I'm too groggy. But we really should say, I need more sleep because I can't quit overeating. Is that something like a mic drop or something? <laughs> I need more sleep, not just because I'm grouchy, not just because I'm lethargic, not just because um, I want to work out, not just because I can't work out very strongly or exercise very strongly, not just because I can't think. I need to get more sleep because I can't quit overeating. It's that real. Guys, we can reduce our cravings by sleeping seven to nine hours a night. Right now. I realized after I did that sleep episode last week that I really, really need a follow-up of how to become a good sleeper. Okay. So I'm going to do that sometime. Honest engine, how to become a good sleeper. Um, I have not always been a good sleeper and I'm not always a great sleeper. Like the older I've gotten, sometimes I can't sleep. Um, I think that's a thing, but I'm way better than I ever was before. And I would say 90% of the time I sleep seven and a half hours a night. So I am really, really, really happy with that. Um, I try to be asleep by 1130 and get up by 630. Um, I just told my husband the other day, now when the time changes in a couple of weeks, we're going to get up an hour earlier and our bodies won't notice it because, you know, we fall back in the fall and that's a good time to implement some new habits. <laughs> you know me, I'm always looking for a way to get some new habits. So anyway, seven to nine hours a night, I'm going to give you two, uh, two outcomes from, um, maybe three research studies here really quickly, right? There, uh, was and it's one of the ones that I used in the sleep episode for the 34 New York, Obesity Research Center of Columbia University, okay? So it was at a university, 
it was a, an obesity research center, okay? It's also important that it was in a lab and that it was with humans and that their food was measured for them, okay? None of this self-reporting business, okay? And um, none of this, you know, four people for three days, okay? No studies with four people for three days, okay? That's quinky dinkies. <laughs> you guys remember that from Anna Green Gables? Those are quinky dinkies. What was that? Maybe it was Anna Green Gables. There's another show, Christy. Maybe it's from Christy. My kids used to watch those um, old tiny kind of thingies on VHS years ago. We always said quinky dinky. It's either from Christy or Anna Green Gables. Anyway, yeah, small, small studies, self-reported, small, small number of people, quinky dinkies. All right, they're not real. You can't, we can't, you can't say an, an outcome from those. You cannot say um, causation maybe some correlation. All right, so the study was five consecutive nights, nine hours in bed for half, four hours in bed for the other half, okay? So nine hours versus four hours. Five consecutive nights, they were in a, sleeping in a lab, they were monitored with electrodes and wires coming out of the brain and other sleep indicators. It's called polysomnography. How's that for us? Polysomnography, six syllables. All right. And it was a crossover design. This makes it even better because half of the group was nine hours in bed. The other half was four hours and then they swapped. And so the one who had done nine did four and the one who had done four did nine. Okay, so that is really good research there. All right, on the fifth day, they were allowed to eat whatever they wanted for the whole day, as long as the research team weighed it and recorded it. Okay, the conclusion was that the sleep deprived group both times when the when uh, when when they were in both situations, okay, so group one and group two, the sleep deprived group, the one that was in there for four hours, ate nearly 300 more calories than the rest. The researchers concluded, quote, sleep restriction increases food intake. It's as simple as that. Guys, we have here five ways to reduce cravings. Some of them take more work on our part than others. Sleep is not hard. It can be. I take that back, but it's glorious. It's beautiful. It's a rest. It's covers. It's pillows. It's amazing, right? Who doesn't want it? So do the easy thing, right? Do the easy thing. Okay, another one. Um, the same study, uh, was with sleep restricted individuals and they did brain scans on them to 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 see what their brain was doing while they did um while they were low on sleep and the brain scans showed that sleep restriction increases the brain's responsiveness to food the part the parts of the brain that are, were associated with that are associated with food rewards were more active in sleep restricted people which made them choose more calorie dense junk foods it's on a brain scan, guys. It's on a brain scan. Light up, light up, light up. I want more hyperpalatable foods. I want more rewarding foods, right? All right, and then, um, yeah, wait a minute, impulse control. Okay, then the other one was impulse control. And of course, impulse control means 
you know, how impulsive we are. And of course that would be with our toddler brain, right? But we're trying to train ourselves to use our adult brain more often. So um, this particular study, they, they do, they use this to see how people make gambling and financial decisions, um, which I mentioned this last week in the sleep thing, but it's no wonder that these uh, gambling places have all night food, right? Because then you can get all that dopamine from food and you're, you're up all night gambling and eating and then you make poor decisions and lack impulse control and you go gamble away more money. It's like they have got like the perfect storm, right? They have alcohol, they have um, food, you know, at your beck and call and then they have gambling and no sleep. <laughs> You know, it's like, wow, they're really setting up. I mean, there's a way they make money, right? They set it up so that they make money, which makes sense. All right, so 50 people to see if that same kind of bias that the researchers have known for a long time that works for gambling and financial decisions, if it also works in food. And they had them sleep different amounts and observe their snack habits. Okay, it was very controlled. It was in a center again, okay? And if I remember right, this is one where they could get anything they wanted out of a machine, but they had to put their number in or their name or their code or whatever so that the computer kept track of who got what. The sleepier people munched on more calories and were more likely to eat food that they had rated in a, in a, um, on a rating sheet as delicious and healthy. Researchers concluded when you have inadequate sleep, you're probably less likely to live in accordance with your own health goals. You're less likely to get in bed on time. You're less likely to go to the gym. You're less likely to have your eating behaviors align with your long-term health goals. Lack of sleep is making, is in part making us not do what we want to do for ourselves with our health and our food. Uh, similar research shows that one night of total sleep deprivation reduces the food cue responsiveness. In other words, even one night of sleep deprivation can cause us to abandon our healthy food goals. Okay, there is a lot of other research that I had in episode 34 about hunger. This I was just trying to focus on like impulsivity and food choices and things like that because we're trying to reduce cravings. But we're also, as you'll, as you'll see if you listen to Think, Feel, Eat 34, we're also going to reduce our um, total intake and our hunger as well. Remarkable, isn't it? Guys, five things that we can do to reduce our cravings so that we have fewer of them. Again, which is better? Not having a craving or making it through a craving. Let's work on both because we're always going to need the to, ways to make it through. But the best way of all is to not have them. So let's reduce them, reduce them, reduce them. Thank you for joining me on Think, Feel, Eat number 35. I went long again. Ozzy, wow, wow, I thought this was gonna be 25 minutes, not 40. Sorry about that. But thank you for joining me. Join Drop Eight Pounds by Christmas. Guys, it is a great, great Facebook group. And we have uh, email um, threads going out. We have accountability every day. Uh, we have weigh-in every week that you can tell how much you've lost. You don't have to tell your weight. It is really remarkable. I'm really, really proud of the women who are in there working and doing the stuff. So anyway, just go to DonnaReach.com and you'll see that at the top as one of the things that you can click on. See you soon. Thanks for joining me.